Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. When we sit down to pray, who exactly are we speaking to? Who is this God that we address in the Lord's Prayer? What does it mean that God is in heaven? Is he limited to some place far up in the skies? Welcome to This We Believe, the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Today we are discussing the first line of the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven. When we engage in communication, we usually begin by addressing our words to a specific person. We can think here of a letter or an email. We begin this correspondence by saying, Dear Mr. or Dear Doctor, and in so doing, we address people by their name and their title. And this name and title tell us something about the person we are communicating with. Similarly, the Lord's Prayer begins by addressing God by a name and title. We direct our words to our Father, who art in heaven. In order to understand this statement, it is best to begin from the end and work back to the beginning. So let's start with the last part, who art in heaven. To say that God is in heaven is to acknowledge the vastness and greatness of God. It is to acknowledge that God is above, around, and beyond us. He is above us and that he is the creator and maker of the entire universe. When we think of heaven as a place in the sky, this is what we are referring to. God made the heavens and the earth and every star in the sky. To acknowledge God above is to recognize the incredible creative power of God that created all of this out of nothing. Furthermore, God is around us. The same God is both the creator and sustainer of life. He is active within all of his creation. God keeps the earth on its axis He keeps gravity constant. He also keeps our hearts pumping and our lungs breathing. God is at work all around us sustaining life. Finally, God is beyond us. Heaven is also referred to as God's heavenly dwelling, where angels and archangels worship him, and where his pure glory is to be experienced. It is the place where God's will is perfectly done in a place free of sin. To acknowledge God in heaven is to acknowledge that God also exists, in a sense, on a different plane or a different dimension than the created world. When we call on God in heaven, we recognize that God is infinite, infinitely loving, infinitely knowledgeable, infinitely beautiful, and as human beings we can only experience but a small drop of his glory. And so there's always an element of knowing God that will remain a mystery. But here is the incredible part. Because God is infinite, so above and beyond our comprehension, he is capable of being imminently close to us. God is not capable of being exhausted. 
So just as he is not exhausted by keeping the planets aligned, he never grows tired of hearing from us in our prayers. This is what we acknowledge when we address our prayers to God in heaven. Because God is so transcendent, he is capable of being so imminent. Because God is outside of time, he always has time for us. Now we can get to the second part of this address, where we call God Father. While heaven is a term of vastness, Father is a term of closeness, of intimacy. Now, how are we able to call God Father? In the Old Testament, God is rarely called Father. Instead, the greatness of God is usually emphasized. But in the New Testament, we discover that Jesus is the Son of God and that those who believe in Jesus and receive the Holy Spirit are adopted as sons as well. Jesus is fully God, and hence fully one with the Father and Spirit. And by turning and believing in Jesus, he pulls us into this Trinitarian relationship, so that we can call God Father just as Jesus does. So through Jesus, we become adopted sons of the Father. Now, Father is a relational and personal term. Through Jesus Christ, we are able to address God on this personal level. We can approach God and speak to God in a conversational tone as we would a friend or a parent. Furthermore, when we call God Father, we acknowledge that God cares for us and wants to hear our concerns. We can pour out our hearts before God, we can be honest before God, and know that He will hear us and love us. As our Father, God wants to provide His children with every good and precious thing. It is important that we think of God as both Father and in heaven. If we think only of God in heaven, we can begin to think that God is too far away from us and that He has more important things to do. If we only think of God as Father, we might think that God has limitations and flaws like our human fathers, or that He is incapable of providing for us what we need. When we acknowledge that God is Father and in heaven, it greatly expands our ability to pray. We pray to a God that is radically above us and radically near us. And so our prayers can be big and small, formal and informal, personal and communal. We can in one moment pray for the cessation of war in a faraway country, and the next instant pray for peace from personal anxiety. We can pray that God would move in the heart of a wayward friend, and we can pray for a little more patience to get through the end of a long workday. God hears our prayers for the wars on earth and the wars in our soul. He hears the big prayers we have for others and the little prayers we have for ourselves. Now, the final word of the first line of the Lord's Prayer is this word, our. This simple word, reveals to us this great width and depth of prayer. As we saw above, Jesus gives us this prayer, and when we say, Our Father, we are acknowledging that Jesus has made it possible for us to join with him in calling God Father. By reciting the word, Our, we acknowledge that it is the Spirit of Christ working in us, drawing us to Jesus, which enables us to utter that close, familiar word, Father. 
In addition, calling God our Father means that we call everyone else who is in the church our brother and our sister. The church is in this way like a spiritual family. So we can not only say the Lord's Prayer for ourselves, we can also say the Lord's Prayer for everyone else in the church. We say this prayer on behalf of other people, what is often called intercessory prayer. So as one continues to go line by line with the Our Father, one can lift up these prayers as intercessions for others in the church. For example, when we pray for forgiveness, we can pray for conflict to end between two of our friends. When we pray, lead us not into temptation, we can pray for our friends struggling with addiction. When we pray, hallowed be thy name, we can pray that our church might be made holy in all that we say and do. So as you begin to recite the Our Father, begin by contemplating this first line. Allow it to direct your prayers, allowing you to address God as the close and intimate Father, as the infinite and almighty one in heaven, and allow your prayers to be spoken not only for yourselves, but on behalf of the entire church. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one other friend about us, which will go a long way in helping us reach others. If you'd like to connect further, please visit our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast, on Twitter at we underscore believe underscore pod. And if you have any questions, you can feel free to send them to thisweBelievePodcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.